0: Yeah, let's slide it out. All in. right,
1: five, four, three, two, one. Cajun Nation, good afternoon, and welcome into another edition of the Raging Cajun Army. I'm your host, Matt Miguez, and today we are going to talk about homecoming week. The Cajuns prepared to take on Texas State this Saturday at 4 o'clock. We'll talk about basketball. First real game is this Tuesday at the Cajun Dome against Loyola, New Orleans. The women's first real game will be this Thursday against Loyola, New Orleans. And to break all of it down with me, very special guest, Mr. Jerry Bear. What's up? And Mr. Man About Town, Josh Jagno. He was told not to appear, but we said, screw it, we're bringing him in. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Come ça va? I'm not sure what that means. But anyways. <laughs> All right, from, guys. You're
0: from Acadiana. You know what come
1: ça va means?
2: How's it going? Just say ça va bien.
1: Sure. Okay. All right. So, Louisiana, Texas State this Saturday for homecoming. Obviously, on paper, there's, I don't want to say no competition, but there really is no competition. I mean, Texas State is horrible. <laughs>
2: This podcast is not known for smoking hot takes or anything.
1: (laughs) I mean, come on. The matchup predictor on ESPN gives us a 94.3% chance of winning.
0: Yeah, that's equivalent to playing an FCS opponent. Um, And look, man, the way the Cajuns have handled... Texas State since pretty much the inception of the we have, series, we've never lost to them. No, and and that's that's really that's really the the main fact of the matter is that every game that the Cajuns have played against Texas State, they've all been by double digit wins. They've all they've all been convincing wins. And this weekend, the Cajuns opened up, I think, at, at a tw- as a 24-point favorite. Now they're down. It's like, what, 22? It is 22 and a half. Oh, I mean, there you go. So I, I feel really confident this week. And look, hey, it's like I said after the, the Arkansas State game, I got my stretches in. 16-day break, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, got our stretches in. We're rested. And got the halfway point of the season, and we're good to go. Get ready for homecoming this week against uh, Texas State. And, and, hey, look, Cajuns win this week. Guess
1: what? Full eligible. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know how many betters we have that listen to the podcast, but according to the ESPN Pick Center, the money line has the Cajuns at minus 2000. Wow. That's it.
2: <laughs> so what you're saying is the sharp money is on Texas State.
1: Well, yeah, over under a 55 and a half. Now, excuse me, what the- over under 55 and a half? Yeah. Hold on one second. got to make a phone call. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which one are you taking, Josh, over or the other? Oh, man, that's, that's way over. We'll score 55 before halftime. <laughs>
1: you, you, you talk to me about hot takes. I don't anyways. want to
2: totally trash Texas State, you know, uh, alma mater of our president, Lyndon B. Johnson, former president. Fun go. fact, little FF.
1: Hey, all right. So the Cajuns come into this game <laughs> scoring a astonishing 38 points a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas State only scores 18.1. That in itself,
0: if you look at the the if you look at the competition between both teams are about the same. That that in itself gives the Cajuns an advantage. Uh, Cajuns have been scoring at will outside of course of of the App State game which now we look back on, it, App State's 20th in the country. So Yeah, uh, it's one thing to score seven on a top 25 team. It's another thing to hang about 37, 38 on your conference foes like Arkansas State and Georgia Southern. More standard teams of the conference. And that in itself uh, gives me a reason to believe that the Cajuns should be able to cruise past Texas State this week alone just because uh, I don't think Texas State has quite the horses in the stable that the Cajuns have. And if the Cajuns get on them early, it could get pretty ugly pretty fast.
1: Yep, Josh. You know, uh, seven games in, Cajuns are five and two, two and one in the Sun Belt, tied for first in the West with UL Monroe currently. Let's talk, let's talk about Levi Lewis for a second. What are what are your thoughts on his play throughout the year, and where can he improve? You know, kind of kind of give a quick breakdown on, on what you've seen out of our quarterback so far. I think you've been able to hide him for a
2: few weeks. Uh, we haven't told, uh, needed him to be dominant or anything. So, uh, I don't really have a, a grade for him. I, I hasn't, he hasn't made any major mistakes. He hasn't done anything that stood out in a positive or a negative way, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he's hit a few passes that he needed to hit. He's done the things he's needed to do. He's been a good general on the field.
1: Uh, I, I really don't have a, a big breakdown for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he, he's a game manager. Uh, I mean, he only has 1,300 yards this year. But like like Jerry and I talked about before we came on, in 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 this system, it's all we all we really need out of our quarterback. Absolutely. You know we're we're a we're a ground game we're a ground game offense. Obviously, you know our leading rusher, Trey Agus, has 600 yards on the year so far. And I, if I'm if I want to be, I'm a I'm gonna pull it up. But I think that our other two running backs aren't that far behind him. Let's see. Kale has 464 on the year. And Elijah Mitchell has 579. So, everybody's kind of neck and neck. Now, looking at the Texas State defense, who they are historically bad this year (laughs) in rushing defense, they are giving up 216 yards a game in rushing yards. So... Obviously, you know, looking at the the Cajun's running power against that defense, we're probably gonna run for three fifty. Well, more importantly, they give up five yards a rush. Right. Which against us is more like seven.
0: Yeah, especially with the fact that if you look at their opponents that they played like a in like a okay, the what and this is and this is really the crazy thing about a Texas state. They always pull out and this this has happened to them every season. They pull out that one, or those one or two wins that you just kind of look and you're like, how did that happen? For example, Georgia the State. Georgia State the Georgia
1: State, the three-overtime win against I Georgia mean, State.
0: And you see what Georgia State has done in the surprise team they've been of not only the conference but of the FBS world. I mean, they're 6-2 and two right now. They're already bowl eligible. They spanked Troy last week, which was very uncommon for them to do. And, and of course, they beat Tennessee earlier in the year. But you, need, you would think on paper that they would not have a problem – Dominating Texas State, and here comes Texas State, and they win the game in three overtimes, hang thirty-seven points on them, I
1: believe. Yep, thirty-seven, thirty-four. But the thing
0: is, um, you were talking about the yards per carry. A lot of teams that Texas State has faced have been passing teams, right? So that tells me I'm curious. I mean, have they really faced a rushing team this year yet? A team that likes to run the ball more? I mean, I mean, because if they haven't, then they're in for a rude awakening. If that's the amount of yards you ulm
1: kind of likes to run the ball. With with Caleb Evans, somewhat, yeah, yeah, um, but I I think they're in for real A and M.
2: Well, I can say with certainty they haven't played a team like us. Somebody that's going to be physical no. from no what's not at the yeah.
0: line of scrimmage, especially yeah, no, 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 most, no, most certainly nothing, not.
2: nothing close. And you know Texas State is is a passing team as well. They're kind of middle of the pack in the yeah. FBS actually. Georgia State can sling it, which makes that win all the more mind boggling. Uh, so for whatever reason, they you know. Oh, and, and,
1: you know, let, let's not forget their other win, guys. Nichols.
2: Yeah. The powerhouse.
1: Yeah, the, the the powerhouse that is Thibodeau Junior High. But, you know. <laughs> hey, look, cool. look, look. Let's, let's give Coach Rebo Rebo's credit. Rebo's he,
0: we love We love Coach Tim, and what he's done over there, uh, it's and, been and nothing Deon- short of DeAndre, a miracle what he's built there. Can't,
1: can't forget DeAndre. Is he playing? He, he's over there starting wide receiver for, yeah. for Nichols. So, so, I mean, you, so
2: you mean he stayed here for four years and wouldn't move, and now he's moved? Right. To play for another coach.
1: Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into that.
2: We really could have used you, buddy. really could have used you Anyways. there, Dion. Um,
0: but, yeah, look, um, this is one of those weeks where uh, it's nice to get back on schedule because, I mean, first Saturday game since, what, September 14th? Correct. Was it against Texas State? The, 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 it's been almost two months. The
1: against Texas Southern.
0: And it's nice to – or Texas Southern, I'm sorry. Yeah, Texas Southern. And it's nice to get back on schedule because now – it's, it's finally a Saturday game. Yay! A Saturday game at home. And what's crazy is, you know, the Cajuns win this game. Then you got... Here's the thing. 16-day break from a Thursday night, a Wednesday and a Thursday night game. You get 16 days off. You have a normal Saturday game at homecoming. Should win. Then you got a five-game turnaround to Coastal Carolina. This is going to be... Look, these next two games are crucial for that
1: schedule. Yeah. Very crucial because of that, that odd shit. And then here's, here's the thing. You win those two games... You're 7-2, and two going on the road to, uh, let's not sugarcoat it, a bad South Alabama team. Yep. So then you come home 8-2. and two, Wait, To which you're guaranteed a winning season for the first time since 2014. 2014. And then you, you come home 8-2 and two to play a, again, let's not sugarcoat it, a struggling Troy team and a struggling Monroe team. If, if yeah. you
2: watch that Troy game against Georgia State. They're not struggling. They're That's one of the worst pass defenses I've ever seen.
1: It's not the Troy we're used to, to say it, the it's least. Not. It's
2: not. And it's a little 30. disappointing because everybody kind of marked that game on the schedule. Yeah. And I still think it can be a good game, and people are going to be excited about it if we're able to take care of business Saturday and then following Thursday. Uh, still, a little disappointing that it wasn't a marquee matchup.
1: Right. And so, I, I don't want to jump all the way to November 30th, but... Do you see a real possibility of the school's first 10-win season?
2: I'm not speaking. I can't say anything. I'm a baseball player. I'm scared to say things like that.
0: <laughs> Superstition. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm not superstitious. I,
0: I, I think it depends on whether or not the team is healthy. You know, knock on wood. Everybody knock on wood right now. No doubt. From here on out, we don't want any key injuries. We don't want anybody missing games. Um, like during to, Godwell. Well, yeah, Exactly. Exactly, due to due to injuries, you know. Um,
2: that's, include, that's including Levi, okay? Yeah, Levi Lewis has got to stay healthy. He is the captain of the ship right now. Yeah, and we need him, and we need him to do the things that he's been. And he's starting to find to his
0: groove. He's starting to find his groove. He's 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 really come around since game one, and he's 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 done a great job, like you said, within the system. It seems like he's improved week after week. He's making better decisions. He's um, you know, he's not he's not really flashy. Sure. Yeah, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna do anything that you're like oh my gosh look what he did it's gonna be more along the lines of oh nice okay good job con- converting that third and five like we you know, said
2: before make three to, three to five plays a game
0: drives he extends drives and that that's that's and really <laughs> I hate to say it we really haven't had a quarterback like that who's been able to extend drives in a while uh, agree. You know, and it's nice to have consistency at the quarterback position as well. And he's come around, and I think he's only going to get better from here on out. Um, And luckily for him, uh, he's got a better chance to develop now because you do have a Texas State team that's struggling. You know, Coastal's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but they're look teams score on them. Really, it's about stopping their offense Mm -hmm. to me. It's going to be a shootout. I
2: think it's about playing sound football and not making mistakes on the road. Correct. Because you're going to look ahead to a certain degree. Billy's already alluded to it. In practice, they're looking ahead. You know, I hate to use the word "looking ahead." They're Preparing in advance. Right. We'll use that. Right. And uh, because he knows he's got one of his, uh, one of the black stains on his record at UL was against Coastal at home. Sure. So those guys remember that. Right. And uh, they know that they can score points. Right. It's, it's a challenge, no doubt about it.
0: Right. Well, if they take care of business on Saturday against Texas State, which I expect they will. You know, uh, hopefully, the main the main concern for me is being able to adjust to that. You know, again, you went through 16 days where you really didn't do much outside right. of practice and condition. Now you got five days. You got two games, two games in a span of five days. Two and then, conference and then games keepin, in a span of five days. And
1: then keep in mind, one of those days is traveling to Conway. That's correct. Sure. And it's not me. So you really only have four days.
0: Yeah. I mean, getting practice in, being able to travel. I mean, look, South Carolina, is, it's not it's not the
1: closest distance, right? right. In the conference, no. I mean, and it's, well,
0: it's the not actual
2: a... the actual logistics involved, the trip is it's kind of brutal. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the time change and whatnot. Yeah, that that's going to be a brutal trip for sure, no doubt. Um, uh, let, let's talk about let's step let's step away from the Cajuns for for a few moments, and let's talk about a big Sunbelt game coming on Thursday night, and that is App State and Georgia Southern. Obviously, you know there's there's a huge rivalry between between the two programs from the old you know, what Southern Conference? Yeah, SoCon all, all the way back to the SCS days. SoCon, and they've always I, I was reading an article where it listed you know all the different matchups, and it seems like that they've kind of traded victories for the most part. And you know, obviously Georgia Southern got the win last year after App State was ranked for the first time in. In school history, but so obviously, you know, history would say that App would get would get this win tomorrow night, but I think Georgia Southern is going to come out and take care of business and shock App once again.
0: Mm, I don't know. I think right now, I think right now, App is. I mean, they have momentum. Um, and really, they, look—they're they, the first team in the Sun Belt Conference to break the curse, where the, the week you get ranked, you lose. Well, App has won three straight games while being ranked, or was it two? I think they won. No, they've won two games while being ranked. So they've broken that curse already, to where that's out the window. And then you have a team coming to their place, which I mean, it's pretty hard to lose in Boone. Let's be honest, it's not. They have a home field advantage over there. Um, and you know, Georgia Southern, yeah, it's an old rivalry. I do believe that it'll be a good matchup. Right now, I just think App State is just – they're, they're, they're trucking, man. They are trucking, and it's just going to be very difficult for Georgia Southern. Now, I think it's like, what, a 16-point spread right now?
1: 15.
0: 15. Look, if anything, I do think Georgia but Southern – Keep in mind, they get three for being at home. Right. I do think they have a chance to cover the spread. I just don't see – I'd be very hard-pressed, especially after what happened last season where Georgia Southern, I mean, they demolished them at uh, in, in, in State, Statesboro. In Statesboro. I, look, it's kind of like the way you were talking about with the Cajun players having coastal on their mind. App State's looking for revenge, and so I think they'll they should win pretty easily tomorrow night. That
2: actually dovetails into my point. Uh, and before I comment, I have a healthy respect for a good rivalry, and they have a brutal rivalry, and I love it. I love the hate. We need more of it. Uh, here's hate the a thing: healthy people. <laughs> it is sports hate is the best thing Makes there it ever. Makes it fun. Was. Makes it fun. Absolutely. App knows all about it with the Cajuns. Uh, from a podcast standpoint. <laughs> Shout out PBG. Uh, here's the deal about that. In my research for the pod, getting prepared, I was doing some statistical comparisons and whatnot. Georgia Southern is at the bottom of every category. Offense, defense, turnover margin, you name it. Which is odd. It is odd. They were a 10-win team that. last year. I expect that. And Wurtz, as, as far as I know, Wurtz is going to be fine for the game. No. Yeah. Uh, it did surprise me to see them at the bottom of all these lists. Um again I have a healthy healthy respect for a good rivalry but in Boone I mean if you if you even look at the South uh, Alabama performance they were so disinterested. Maybe that's because the game plan was kind of looking ahead. I don't know, I can't speak for Norwood's emotions. Uh maybe. Huh. But you know those players are looking at Georgia Southern. Nobody gives a damn about South. Sorry guys. I mean it's the truth. I mean
1: they're I, th- terrible.
2: I th- <laughs> they're bad. I I think that the game in Boone is is not going to be One uh, that they want to write down in the chapter of the Georgia Southern-App State rivalry because I think it might be a walkover, unfortunately.
0: And and really, again, (laughs) Georgia Georgia Southern could not have caught App at a a worse time because, like I said, they're clicking. App State is clicking right now. I mean, you've seen the way they've played. I mean, you saw the way they played the Cajuns at Cajun Field. I mean, you saw what they did to Monroe. Destroyed them. Same thing last week. I mean, like you said, they, they they were playing with one hand tied behind their backs. Oh, it they slept like. walk. the and first, first half still, was
2: they slept walked through the first and half. And they
0: still won by twenty seven points on the road.
2: And they did nothing fancy. No. If you watch the game plan in the second half, that's it was the mark of vanilla a, as could be. That's
0: just the mark of a, a fantastic team. And that's uh, that's what App is right now. Um, you
2: could tell they were well-coached. They had yeah. a mission. Walk in there, get the W, let's get out of here.
0: But I do think, it's again, it's good for the conference. I think a matchup like that tomorrow night, hopefully it will be a game. Sure. Um, I do think that those two teams are well-respected as far as their history goes. Uh, having that old-school rivalry between the two, it's going to make it fun. But I just think App is just too good. I, I I don't see Georgia Southern. And I think
2: Southern Georgia Southern's taking a major over. step back for whatever reason. They've, they're having a little bit of
0: more of a disappointing year than, than what we've expected. Um, but, yeah, and, and also, too, uh, moving forward, I, um, I'm i looking forward to – I, I kind of like the fact that they have a matchup like that tomorrow night. At the same time, uh, I'm hearing it's supposed to rain in Boone, if I'm it not is. mistaken. And um, with that, that – see, that, that'll add a little bit of a wrench to That's the true. matchup. That'll add a little bit of a wrench to the matchup, and that actually might work. That actually might work in Georgia Southern's favor. It will work in Georgia Southern's favor.
2: It levels the playing field a little more.
1: Um, but I, again, I just think I just, then, I just think i too good. As things. corny as corny as this sounds, spooky things happen on Halloween. That is true. That is true. So you know, I, I think like like we all we we all can agree that this is setting up to be a it could be a superstar quality football game tomorrow night in North Carolina.
2: Anytime you have a rivalry, anything is possible, and, and I'll always say that. Here's another thing. The, the second half of the Sun Belt season is about as interesting as it's ever been. Yeah. Now, I'm not just saying that because my team is involved for a change. I mean, we were last year also, but I think that there are multiple players that can change things, change plans on the 7th of December. I think you have people that are interested in, in outcomes, and I don't know if you could say that in the – 27-year history of Sunbelt football.
0: Well, the best thing that could have happened was they added that championship game. There's no doubt about it. Now yet, everything's circumstantial. Everything you know? I mean, matters. Look, at, look how, how important that game was. I mean, look, you can say it's a rivalry. You don't have to say it's a rivalry between the Cajuns and the Warhawks, right? But look at, look at how much was on the line going up to Monroe last year.
1: Yep. And look how much is going to be on the line this year and when they go to Monroe year.
2: Yeah. Now, hopefully
0: – and. <laughs> Look, Monroe's got a tough schedule coming up. I would be very hard-pressed to believe that they would have one loss coming into Cajun Field. Hey, on the other hand, if
2: they have one loss coming into Cajun Field, they earned – I mean, look, that schedule's not easy. No. So you you have another – that's another opportunity for a marquee matchup in Lafayette. People get to show up. We'll have a good time. That's what I'm saying. There's so many people – I'm sorry. There's so many institutions that are still involved. They still can make a run at a championship. It makes it interesting. The league is healthy. Well it makes the league better. Makes it better, makes it interesting. Right. Competition's always sure, good. Sure. And,
0: and I think that's what the league has done, especially with last year. I mean, that was a fun race. And granted, we was. were we were right in the middle of it. We got to represent the Western Division. But I mean I the the, in, the 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 circumstances surrounding that game in Monroe was probably one of the most exciting that I've seen in a while. In a while. And it
2: was fun.
1: Outside of a bowl
2: game. And it was a good game.
1: Yeah. It and, was and, came know, out of one one play yeah. off missed field goal. And looking looking one at play. the looking at the West standings. Arkansas State's not totally out of it. No, they're not dead. No, they're not. And the Cajuns can't slip up moving forward
2: either. That's uh, correct. That's Coastal's important. I keep saying – I've been saying it from day one, right yep, when we kicked that, off the season. That can be a Coastal big Coastal Carolina is a major part of this year's schedule, and it will be a, a major pivotal uh, uh, moment in the success of 2019 Cajuns. Yep, absolutely. I'll,
0: I'll predict this. If the Cajuns can take – first of all, they got to take care of business on Saturday. I know we're saying it half-jokingly. Oh, it's going to be easy. Look. You still got to show up and play. Sure. Uh, Luckily for us, history's on our side. I do think the Cajuns, again, they've had Texas State's number. And look, nothing against Texas State. I think their coach, Coach Jake, uh, Jake Spavitol. Has done a. He, he's a fantastic coach. Absolutely. The guy is going to turn things around. He's going to do it's, great
1: things in San Marcos. It's going to no take
0: doubt. him a few years to get the players he wants, but look where he is. Look at the. Look at. Look at the geography. He's right in the heart of Texas.
2: They've got resources. Man, they've got location. Sh-
0: there should be no excuse or any justifications of why that man should not be competing for a Western Division title in the next few years. I, Absolutely.
2: Matt and I were discussing this before you. You know, we started the pod. Uh, everybody kind of knew this was going to be a reclamation project. We knew. One, two, maybe three years of a total rebuild, and I think mm-hmm. Texas State knew that as well. Spavital is a proven commodity. Uh, you know, he's a Gus Malzahn, Dana Holgerson disciple. He coached Johnny uh, football. He coached Kyler Murray. I mean, these are people that went on to be drafted. I mean, these are marquee players in college football. The guy knows what he's doing. He's going to make an impact at Texas State. Uh, it's going to take a few years. I mean, I think that's conventional wisdom at this point. This year is not that year. He's still in a major transitional phase. Uh, in two years, hey, I'm going to be nervous when they come to town.
0: Well, I mean, we talked about it uh, uh, two years ago before we hired Billy Napier. We Remember, we threw his name out. you. We would no talk about it and who we're going to hire and, who, you know, the coaching pool and, you know, who, who's getting interviewed and all this stuff. And one of the names that we kind of mentioned, man, what about Jake Spavitol? He's pretty good. He's, he's an offensive guru. I see a lot of similarities between he and Billy Napier because – He coached under
2: Sumlin, by the way, and that's funny yep. to some out there.
0: Oh, speaking of Sumlin, yeah. We all,
2: yeah Sumlin Day.
0: Oh, good times. Anyways, so with that, I mean, again, you know, you have a coach that – I mean, the fact that we were throwing his name out there as fans going, hmm, I, look, I wonder what if he'd be interested or I wonder if he'd be a good fit here in Lafayette. It's a compliment to him because obviously if, if we have fans in, in our fan base that – some would want would have wanted him sure he must be a pretty good coach and but now granted i am ecstatic with billy napier i think billy napier has done a tremendous job here in the the short time he's been here but don't take anything away from jake spavitol i think look texas state hasn't really had the best share of luck since they've been in the sunbelt they really haven't won much they've been through you know, I had a, Look, a of couple of bad hires.
2: Yeah, they did. It, it can and, set you back. We know that. Oh, yeah. Yep. We've learned our
0: lesson a few times. So it's going to take him a couple of years, but where he's at, I think he's going to get that that
1: program back on track, and I think they'll be competing pretty soon. One more comment about Spavita, one more comment about the Georgia Southern App State game, and then we'll move on to wrapping up the football talk and we'll get into basketball. Spavita played at Missouri State back in 2006, 2007. He was actually a dual position player. Hmm. Obviously, you know what they say: quarterbacks make the best head coaches. Mm-hmm. He was a quarterback, but can anybody guess what other position he played? I think I know this. Special teams. He kicker. was the punter. Yeah. Something. Oh wow. He was the punter. So you don't you don't see that every day. Um, so obviously, you know he knows two dimensions of the game, which can only benefit you. In in terms of being a coach. Now, for my comment on the App State Georgia Southern game, you know, everybody loves to talk about Zach Thomas and, you know, how how glorious he is. ZT. Reigning Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year. (laughs) He only has three more passing yards than Levi Lewis. I would just like to set that record. Mm. I I don't want to spend too much time on this,
2: but against Awful South, he should have been picked three times. I don't know if y'all watched the game. No. Awful, awful first half. I'm sorry. I call it like I see it. He was awful in the first half.
0: Well, he's got a chance to make up for it tomorrow night. Sometimes Georgia you got to be
2: fortunate in order to attain high levels of success. I'm telling you guys, I'm still on the side of app is good. They're not quite They're not what great. everybody's saying. They're not great. I can't exactly. wait till December seventh. Absolutely,
0: but we gotta get there
1: first. Yep,
2: I totally agree. One game,
1: one game at first. a time. We're on to, we're on to Texas State. Texas on to state. Texas State. Or All right,
0: that's
2: Bill All right, guys,
1: let's state. let's let's wrap it up. Um, score state. predictions for the game Saturday. Uh,
0: Pelichick. Pelichick. Uh, look, man, Cajuns have had their number for a while, and actually, the 16-day break was great because they're coming off a big win in Jonesboro, Arkansas, 17-point win, if you will, which is very tough to do in Jonesboro, especially with the cage for the Cajuns' sake. So I think right now, um, you know, you got 16 days to rest up, 16 days for players to heal, get healthy, and that anticipation for opening kickoff in a player's mind—they're going to be ready to go. It's homecoming; the weather should be good, crisp football weather, right? Bring your jackets, enjoy. We're actually going to the homecoming parade Saturday morning on campus, and uh, it should be a great atmosphere. Hopefully, we got to get the crowd out, got to get a good crowd. But with all of this, all of all of the circumstances surrounding this game with the fact that the Cajuns are finally back on the field. I just don't see Texas State hanging with them. I think the Cajuns, honestly, I think they're going to get on them early, and it's going to be to a point. We talked about those 17, 18 points a game that Texas State was putting up. At, look, Cajuns get up 14-0 early on. It's going to be tough for a team that hangs 17 points a game to play catch-up with them, especially a high-powered offense like the Cajuns. Right now, I think what's going to happen, they will jump to a 14-0 lead somewhere around there. They'll jump to, eventually at halftime, it'll be somewhere around 21, 28-7, to if that uh, and then I think the Cajuns cruise the rest of the way. I'm going to go Cajuns 45, Texas State 10, and the Cajuns eighth game of the season become bowl eligible. Josh, what you got?
2: I'm going to echo some of that. Um, the Cajuns' largest margin of victory ever over Texas State, 24 points. Kind of a little surprise to me. Uh, We've yeah, played some is. pretty inept Texas State teams. Uh, I think this might be the most lopsided of the contest. Uh, I'll tell you what. I was very encouraged that Billy said the players were engaged in the bye week and in practice. Uh, I don't expect anything less, to be honest with you. They're so well coached. They have such a – this coaching staff has such a good uh, feel for this team. You can tell on the field. You can tell, uh, you know, on campus, in the parking lot, whatever. Anyway, I think that, uh, I think that we win by 25, 30-plus, obviously, just because it's just a, it's a mismatch on paper. Um, I will say that the bye week helped us in major ways. The most important way it helped us is offensive line had a few dings. Uh, run TMC, the newly deemed run How TMC. Awesome is that? Look, hey, Jabbar Ryan, Jaluk.
1: Jabbar, Jabbar Jaluk and Ryan Benoit. And Ryan, and Ryan Benoit, and Ryan Benoit did the race. artwork. Mr. Brad
2: Kemp took the photos. That is awesome. I want to man. give those guys a hey, great. But, they yeah, they yeah. deserve a raise for sure. The, that, that's, a, that's one of the best promos we've ever had here. I still like the Cajun Trinity, I'm still going to use it. But that's an excellent but TM- promo.
1: TMC is solid. Run, Run TMC. TMC. And by the way,
2: they had that way earlier in the season, but you know, someone wanted and, to wait and to use let's,
1: yeah. And let's be totally clear on this. Raymond Colley graduates this year. He does. So you would think that the C part goes away. But step in, Chris Smith Jr. There it is. Hey. TMC lives on.
2: It does. So these guys got to get healthy, get a little break, get the legs under them. I feel great about them running wild, especially against a, a, a porous rushing defense. 122nd in the country. Five yards of rush. I, I mean, I've said it. Normally when I make my rushing predictions, I think 100 apiece. So I'll say 300 plus. I think you see another big day for a run TMC.
1: 41-17 final score.
2: I'm in that, um, in, in that neighborhood.
0: And you know what? We, I, I got to mention real quickly before we get off the topic of football. Uh, that's a compliment to the defense because I think the defense is going to step up. They did a fantastic job against Arkansas State. No, no. Um, again And all year. And all year long and they've they're only getting better, and I think hopefully this could be one of those games that kick starts that last stretch coming up for the regular season before hopefully playing for a championship as well as a bowl game. This will be one of those games where I think you know not just the defense but the entire team can kind of work off the kinks right they've had yes. that break, and um you know I think it's 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 important to get a good solid win because like I said, you want to get that momentum going into to to, to to Conway next week against coastal so um, it's almost—I mean, to me, it's almost crucial that you you get a convincing win this week. You don't want to you don't want to look look kind of kind of suspect going into a coastal team that you know you really don't know what you're there. I, I like to say they're like a box of chocolates, as Forrest Gump would say. You don't know <laughs> what you're going to get with them. You not you don't. You really don't. So you want to get this win, make it convincing, and then bring that momentum into Conway, South Carolina. And
2: I want to see three day. and four deep get some snaps. You only yeah, get better when those happen. When those when those type of game situations present themselves, you only get better as a team and you get better going forward. Sure. Next year some of these snaps are going to play
1: big uh pay big dividends. Absolutely. I've that, always thought that. absolutely 100%. All right. And when we come back from that, we will break down a preview of the basketball season. <laughs> Stay tuned right here on the Education Army. I got a basketball juice. I got a basketball Ooh, baby. Ooh, yeah. of a basketball jump.
2: In fact, I was the baddest dribbler in the whole
1: world. Then one day his mom brought him a basketball. And I love that basketball. I took that basketball everywhere I went. You know what? That basketball was like a basketball to me. Come on you cheerleader.
0: Get b-
1: Cajun Army, Matt, Jerry, and Josh. And now we are getting ready to get started on the basketball season. There's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot of excitement in the air about this basketball program. Josh, I'm going to let you start. That's not fair. What are your thoughts about this basketball season?
2: <laughs> that's so. That's wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Uh. I just want to know if Loyola's is bringing the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're a, Je- they're a Jesuit college, man. Jesuit. That's
0: my people. That's my people.
1: <laughs> that's my people. Fun, fun fact for anybody that was wondering: I almost was a student of Loyola in New Orleans. Ah. There Whatever. There <laughs> <laughs> There's a high dollar sign to attend Loyola in New Orleans. No I,
0: it's not cheap, I'll tell you that. I got a few of my friends that went to school there. It is not cheap. That tuition's
1: a little steep. There, yeah, it was it was a high but it's dollar a great sign. school. But it's a great school. Um so yeah, that that didn't happen. But um <laughs> yeah, Josh, what, what are your what are your thoughts about this basketball team?
2: I don't really know a lot about it, I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, I haven't been completely engaged with basketball over the last couple of years. Uh, I heard that we had a key injury today. Yeah, during during Cadwell. Dury Cadwell, the
1: the sophomore from Houston,
2: Derry Cadwell. So we're going to lose Cadwell. Uh, I assume that's a crushing blow, but I don't really know. Uh, you know, Cedric Russell was a very big recruit for us a few years back. He showed that he had some teeth against Ole Miss when we got him his freshman year, and yep. really ever since then, um, nothing really that stands out. I I look. I think one of our major problems last year was we did not space the floor well. Um, Mr. Charlie Beckett, a good friend of mine, talks about this on a regular basis, and I've really come to agree. We don't spread the floor in a way that benefits our shooters. We, we tend to gaggle up. Um, I, don't, I can't recall five times that I saw anybody run a screen to spring Cedric Russell last year. Uh, in my opinion, they, they don't use him properly. He's not a combo guard. He's a shooting guard. He needs to be allowed to shoot the basketball. Uh, I think that if he is allowed to be, if they put him in a role that suits his abilities, I think the guy is, is a, an all-sunbelt all conference type of a player. I think, I think you have to put him in a position that he, he can succeed. He's not a point guard. He's not a combo guard. He is a pure shooter. That's what we recruited him to come here to do. You, know, you have a ton of unknowns. I, I think our size might be an issue for us. Uh, I, I haven't seen this Jalen Johnson guy play apparently rave reviews. Um, I'd like to see if Christian Lafayette took the next step. Cause we really need a size. Uh, Kobe Julian was a very highly touted kid that we got and unfortunately suffered an injury. Um, from all accounts, guy can play and I, I want to know if he can play. So to be able to prognosticate anything, I, I, I really, I'd be lying if I did. Um, if I had to give you a, a zero out of ten feeling on how my excitement is, I would say five, because I don't know whether to be excited or not. I'm just being honest.
1: Uh, obviously, this program has gone through through turmoil over the last couple of years. You know, obviously with the 27 and seven season two years ago, and then losing. I don't want to say the first game of the tournament because it was the second, but the first real game because Texas State was terrible that year. think we ended up beating them by 30 in the first round of the conference tournament
2: seems to be a theme
1: in the conference um before falling to ut arlington due to injuries and sickness but there's a lot of talent there's a lot of youthful talent in this program malik wilson out of out of Ravel. he was louisiana's mr basketball last year uh had a quadruple double in the state semifinals last year wow so you know the kids the kids got a lot of talent he can do a little bit of it all PJ Hardy, obviously, you know he's been on the team for a couple of years. He's done some big things.
2: A senior, one of our only two seniors. Absolutely, right? Mason yeah. Oakland
1: is the other senior. He hasn't had much playing time, but his his ability to to really space the floor, I think, is going to come in handy this year. Being a being a six four guy at a Hawnville. and then obviously one of the one of the big names that they got this year was, and I'm going to butcher this, Dow Guai. I think it's Du. Du, right? Uh, is it due? I I oh, no idea. Down, All right. Down. I think I think it is due. I think you're right. Do guy out of Senegal. Uh he's a he's a six nine junior. Again, you know, he he kinda reminds me of Zion Williamson a little bit, that ability to to play on the perimeter and space the floor.
2: Apparently a good ball handler. Yeah. yeah. Um and look, another thing is Calvin Temple. Calvin Temple is another person that got rave reviews when we signed. Uh, and I know he's a transfer, but look, if, if if these guys are as talented as we're told there's something to be uh, excited about
1: absolutely
2: how that translates as, as a group of five guys that are productive that's yet to be seen and uh, hopefully they can put it together
0: yeah I mean I'll say it like this and, and I'm you know th- there's a lot of young talent I mean look you got guys I mean like I said you've got or like y'all were saying you've got Calvin Temple coming in you've got um, I mean you got Malik Wilson you've got Tyrus Smith, who's pretty hyped from Mississippi. Um, I mean, P.J. Hardy's back. Uh, you've got um, you know Christian Lafayette's coming back after last season. And, of course, Cedric Russell. And, of course, we get to see Kobe Julian, right? He was injured what? last year. There was a lot of hype about him. So you've got a lot of guys. you got some returning players from last year. you got Trajan Wesley. But you've got guys that, that, were, that have been pretty hyped up as newcomers. So – Josh, I see where you're coming from as far as the excitement. Not to not to say that oh, I'm down on basketball. It's more of well, I don't know what these guys can do yet. Right. Because I, you know, yeah, I hear how great they are. I hear that they're talented. I'm sure they are. But until I see it on the court, it's like I tell my dad about football recruits. Man, we got this guy. We got that guy. He's a three star, four star, blah blah blah. I'm like, look, I, until I see what he does on the football field on oh, the gridiron, I, look, I'm not going to get hyped about it yet because the guy could be a total a, a total dunce. I don't know. So I think with this team, look, on paper, there is a lot of young talent that has come in. I mean, I am curious to see what they can do. Um, The schedule, I got to admit, it's a good schedule this year. It's better. There's no doubt. I've been pretty critical of the home schedule. I mean, the home schedule last year, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was bad. Um, but this year, you've got some good teams. You got some good teams. You got to go on the road, such as TCU, Wyoming, Arizona State. And those aren't easy. Those aren't easy opponents. You got and Youngstown State you, coming to the dump. Youngstown State. People know who they are. UC Santa Barbara, I believe. Yep. Uh,
1: they're yeah, they're
0: good. They're a good team that competes in their in their conference. You've got that so, big tournament in Vegas
1: with Detroit Mercy and UC, UC Irvine. That's Justin Miller. Yeah, uh, Justin Detroit, Miller.
0: Yeah, Justin Miller, former Cajun. He's with Detroit Mercy now. So you've got a tough schedule. But you know what? that actually works in the favor of these players because now they're going to be able to try to de- they're going to have to develop quicker. You can't you can't play a, a UC Irvine and say, "Well, we're young." No, you got to I mean, you you got to compete against them. It's either that or you're going to get spanked. So, look, they're going to they're they're going to have they're not going to have a choice but to gel early, and I do think they are they do have some youth, but hopefully come conference time. See, this is where I I get very not critical, but I I'll say it straight up as a fan. I don't like losing to conference opponents by 20-some points. Well, you no. shouldn't. Never. That, that's, and, and I think last season, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, you play App State twice. You, you, one game you lost to them on the road by 27. You lose to them by 10 or whatever. It was like 10 or 12 at home. And then they fire the coach because they weren't winning enough. And it's like, well, how did we lose to them like that, you know? And it happens. I understand that. But I do think that this year – Look, it's a fresh new start. It's a fresh, brand new season. You've got some talented guys that are coming in that, you know, have, have the talent and skills. You had a few guys from last season that aren't here anymore. So, you know, there was a little bit of turnover in this roster. I think it's more of a wait and see before yep. anything else. And I think that's where for me, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, I'm so fired up about these guys. I don't know anything about them, I've never seen them play until I see what they have on the court I'm not I can't judge them I can't say this is a tournament team or oh this team is gonna be terrible it you got this is one of those teams where you kind of have to take it game by game and watch them develop that was the same mindset I had with Billy Napier his first year here Absolutely. in 2018 we knew we knew it was a dumpster fire in that locker room it's okay to say it it was so I, I was at the point where I'm like you know what let's wait and see I trust the coaching staff he's gonna get it done but it was it took him how about Six or seven games in to really get that team get the get the motor get the motor started you know get the get the get the juices flowing. I think you're going to see the same thing with this basketball team this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know we're we're going to get into one conversation now that you know may 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 spark a couple couple fires, ruffle some feathers. Absolutely. But you know let, let's let's not let's call it what it is. Head coach Bob Marlon's been here ten years now. Um, he's the highest paid coach in the conference and let again like i said let's be totally honest the results haven't really been there so here here here's the question i want to pose and i think it's a question that we're allowed to pose is bob marlin the guy for the job i think so yeah
0: no, no doubt about it um, i think one thing that i'll give him credit for is he has look i was a student during the robert lee era and nothing against coach lee is a nice guy he just i don't think he was he was the guy and uh, Coach Marlon has come in. He's turned the program around in a way where the team is somewhat respectable. Um, I think he's gotten to the point where, look, the team has won 18, 19, 20 games. He's gotten us in the tournament back in 14. He got us in the NIT two years ago with a regular season conference championship game. But the next question comes is, okay, now that he's gotten to this point, can we do more? I think that's the big question. And I think what happened was, and the reason why this conversation came up was because last season, yes, you lost Malik Marchetti. Yes, you lost... You lost Kobe Julian before the year. Yes, and you had some injuries. The issue was not necessarily injuries as much as it was one week you're beating Georgia State, the next week you're losing to, you know, uh, App State by 15 points. And there was inconsistency there. So what happened was you coming off a 27-7 and season where you, you win the conference and during the season you go to the NIT, and then the following year now you're you're sitting with a close to a 500 record in conference, regardless of injuries. And don't get me wrong, injuries make a big difference, but at the same time you beat a Georgia State and then you lose to App State the very, you know, or, or vice versa, and that's where people start to kind of scratch their heads going, man, that's in, that's inconsistent. Didn't they beat Georgia State on the road? At home. I know. They beat them at home. So remember. that to me is where people are kind of like, okay, with the, the ones who are critical, like what's going on here? Um, look, I think now uh, the bar's been set. Uh, I know Dr. Maggett has stated that he expects not just Coach Marlin or Coach Napier or Coach Deggs, everybody across the board, he expects his teams to finish in the top quarter of the conference. Top 25%, top three. Top three in the conference. I mean, we know the expectations going forward. And whether it's Coach Marlin, Coach Key, Coach Napier, Coach Broadhead, um, Coach Fontenot, whoever, everybody has those same – every coach has the same expectations across the board, regardless of what sport it is. So – to me, uh, I'll say this about Coach Marlon, I'll say this about any other coach. Look, if those are the expectations, you got to reach them. And at the end of the day, if um, if the if if the program's going to invest in you, if the program's going to put money into your recruiting budget, if they're going to build nice facilities for you, for any coach, you have to reciprocate that. You cannot come out and finish seventh or eighth in the conference and go, man, I don't have this or that because you do. You have the resources now. The the, the Dr. Maggard and his staff have done a tremendous job you know, bringing awareness to the importance of putting money into the program. So, where, again, I'm not – this isn't a, an answer for just Coach Marlin. It's for everybody. You know, you have standards you have to reach. And, you know, finishing fifth, sixth in the conference for any sport is not going to cut it with the budget that we have, with the support that we have, uh, with the staff that we have, the leadership that we have. It's not going to cut it. So this year is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the new with the new team. Well, Like I say you got a lot of young talent. But we're going to find out come conference time what this team can do. Because I think regardless of the non-conference, usually – and this, this even happened when the Cajun basketball teams were making runs when we were in school. They would struggle against the P5s. But then come conference time, they'd go 15-3 and three or whatever. <laughs> they, they would dominate the conference. Can this team do that? I don't know. We'll find out. And that's, that's where I'll judge – at the end of the year where we are Because look, if this team finishes below 500 in the conference I, No, there's no excuse for that Regardless of how young you are I think we're at a point in our program And the coaches know this, that that's unacceptable So I don't expect them to I hope they don't, I hope they have a great a great year And we'll see where the, where the cards fall
1: Josh, you got anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I'm going to give a disclaimer uh, Man about towns, comments do not necessarily reflect The views of the Raging Cajun Army et cetera, etc cetera. Views are my own, guys. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm a data person. uh, Nine years, this is year 10, I I got nine years of results. Uh, I don't think he's the man for the job, and I'll tell you why. Um, If you take away Marlon's best year and his worst year, he is a smack dab in the middle coach, 500, in one of the worst. uh, Look, the Sunbelt Conference has not always been a great league, but it's not been a bottom third league. For the majority of his existence. Now, we got hurt by Western Kentucky and Middle leaving the conference. And you said, you know, Robert Lee. And, and before that, we're going 15-3, and 10-6 in conference. Well,
0: I'll say Jesse Evans. Jesse. Yeah. Which most of the wins got vacated. But Listen, hey. those conferences, <laughs> the
2: Sunbelt Conference was a whole lot better back then.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, I'll agree with that.
2: Take away his best season, his worst season. And to me, that's who you are. That's your body of work. His body of work is not good enough. Dr. Maggard laid out a top three finish for every sport every single year. Do you guys care to guess how many times we've finished in the top three with Marlon as our head coach? Twice. Two times. And if you and like I said, if you take away his best and his worst season, one time. Right. That's not good enough for me. I like to look at numbers. If you look at the RPI numbers, they are nightmarish. Uh, we have racked up a whole lot of wins against a whole lot of not good teams. We have been... Really bad against top three level teams. Duty and I discussed this statistic last week on the board. Uh, I want to say something like 16 and 32 against the top of the Sun Belt in nine years.
0: Top three Sun Belt, yeah.
2: I mean, the guy has more. He has more money than any UL basketball coach. He has more resources. He has better facilities. He has more access to talent.
1: Well, let, let, let's call it what it is. He's got one of the best facilities. I'd say top the twenty-five G5. facilities. I'd say top 25 facility in the country.
2: Well, I can guarantee you it's a top G5. Absolutely. Facility. And I'm not talking about just the Cajun Dome. I'm talking about practice facilities. Right. Okay, so there's literally no tool that this man does not have. Now, if you want to say it's difficult to get relevant teams to come to the Cajun Dome, play a a G5, a Sun Belt, I get all that. But you know what makes it harder is when your average RPI is in the 200s. Nobody wants to schedule... A, a rental loss, essentially, in the RPI battle. Now I know we're moving away from RPI, but we're talking about historically here. You know, you got to look back at what he's been able to do since he's been here. I think fans are justifiably not satisfied with what they've gotten to this point. One of my major concerns with Marlin is his lack of relationships in the business. The man's been in coaching twenty plus years. He's been at UL nine plus years. You can't tell me a GA, an assistant coach, a former player, a former assistant hasn't moved on to a P5 or you know even a respectable G5. We can't get S- uh, SFA to come and play us in our own building. There's really uh, you, there's we can't no get excuse. SFA to invite us to their building. They have no interest in playing us. Okay. There are no excuses to those things. I understand being young and being having to rebuild from time to time, and it's difficult in the South. And I, I absolutely do not buy that basketball is dead in the South. Why is Houston, uh, you know, a shot away from the Final Four here two years ago?
1: SMU. Absolutely.
2: Uh, SMU has made a, a, another rise. Memphis. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. I mean, there are, there they are, played for
0: the national title. Memphis.
2: There are multiple G five schools that have succeeded at a very high level. In the last decade, well, Texas Tech's a Fox, but no
0: SFA. I mean, look, and SFA then, then, beat a Will Wade team two years ago in, in Baton Rouge. They, SFA has been to the tournament a few times. I mean, look, you look at, I mean, SMU's a top twenty-five team. No Houston. doubt. Well, Houston, well yeah, he I said
2: Texas that. Tech, but Chris Beard was just at Little Rock. Thirty-one and, then, and five took them from last to first in one year. And, and then, one of the and won a, tur- a tournament game. He's won the same. He won. He's won one more tournament one game two. than Bob Marlin has here in a decade.
1: And then another thing, I, and we'll, we'll get into the women's team here in a, in a few short moments, but talk, talking about basketball being dead in the South, let's look at the women. Mississippi State has dominated college basketball. Well, I
0: think I think what they mean by when people say dead in the South, I mean they're talking about for like G5 schools. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, look, Tulane has a respectable team.
2: But, duty, why is yeah. Auburn going to South this year?
0: Well, I mean, I think the coach had a relationship with Bruce. A Pearl, coach had a relationship. There it is. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that. You know, I look. I'll admit the home schedule last year was atrocious. It
1: has I mean, been for years. But, but University of the Virgin Islands. But
0: I'll say this. I'll say this. Look, at this point, regardless of any, all of our opinions here. Look, everything's in place to where it's either sink or swim. I mean, look this. Coach Marlin got his ex- got an ex- extension, which I support. I think because I, I support it, and I support it because look, the record shows he's he, look he's won. At the same time, what it also does, what happens when you give somebody a raise? What also, what also, what also
2: arises? Expectations. Money? Expectations. Right? Look, it's the old adage. That's where when you think you've been patient enough, be patient. And I, and I get all that. And fans have been asked to be very patient. They've been asked to be very generous, and they have been. We've done our part. And that's another thing that kind of pisses me off. We've all done our part. Arcaf's done their part. Normal Fan has done their part. Social Club has done their part. We all know that. Everybody has showed up and done their part. I think it's time for the program and the leadership and the staff to produce something that we can all get behind and be playing ball at the end of March and into, uh, you know into the tournament. It's time. I'm glad we hung a banner in 2017. I'm thrilled about it. I'm glad we went to the NIT. But you can't go in the NIT – Talking shit to an SEC school when you can't beat the last place SEC school in the same year. It's not. It's not one of those
1: things that people are going to look at and say, "Well, you know, he kind of had a point." Well, and let's let's be totally honest. That night, I'm not going to talk about the season as a whole. I'm just going to talk about that night. That top SEC school was not better than you. No, they weren't. No. And and again, I was at the game. Again, look, LSU was not the better team that
0: night. I'll say this. I'll say this. and 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 like I said, look. We got the, we, look, we got the coach's extension, got a raise. The expectations are there. It's sink or swim, period. And look, I'm not, like, again, I, I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be level-headed here. Dr. Maggard and, and, and his staff knows what the expectations are, and that's why I'm saying it not just for Coach Marlin in basketball but across the board. This is not just basketball. This is everybody. For the first time in a long time, this university is finally investing into this program. Now it's time to do your job. And look, I hope basket, Look, I hope at the end of the year we're sitting here going, you know what? We all do. We, it is what it I hope we're, we're in the top twenty-five and we're in the Sweet
2: Sixteen. Absolutely. I hope that happens. I'll be, I'll be. I hope we do a pod. I hope we have to do an emergency pod, and we can video it. And I'll, I'll make a crow. I'll make some crow <laughs> and eat it on, on live video. We'll do pie face, too. I would love to do it. Yeah. I, I would let Marlon feed me the crow. Yeah. I would love to do it. I'm just telling you from a historical standpoint. And here's another thing. At some point, there's something to be said about the overall feeling of the program from its own fans. Yeah. You and I are standing in an establishment in Houston at one point, and we were uh, they were playing Little Rock the night that they that lost for senior, senior night. night.
0: Yeah, we were there for the uh, we're, we're Shriners at, Classic. we're yeah. looking
2: at the score. We're leaving Shriners Classic, where we're watching our you know top thirty ballpark ball, ball team beat Vanderbilt. We're on cloud nine, and we look at the score, and we're losing to a team that I don't was... even think they qualified for the RPI. They That's didn't. how bad they
0: were. No, they didn't make the tournament. That and didn't.
2: and look, the 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 reaction from duty and from yeah, they myself, didn't make the conference tournament.
0: Yeah, I was kind
2: of shocked. I think they that won eight that. games.
0: Yeah, that, that, that seven or eight games, yeah.
2: But my point is, you and I looked at each other and we were just an eye roll. It wasn't outrage, it wasn't, it was, well, this is the kind of stuff that happens.
0: Well, I was kind of more of just, it wasn't, for me it wasn't as much of an eye roll, just kind of like, in shock, you know, because... All week long, you know this senior class, and it was a great senior class. It was, and there was a first chance, the first chance—the chance to go undefeated at home—and then you drop the game against the worst team in the conference. I'm like,
2: and the comment is not meant to wow. sully the season. Like, 2017 like, was a—it a, was a historic, uh, great season to follow. I had a great time. I'm, you know, so disappointed it ended the way it did, and I don't really hold anybody responsible for that. The fact of the matter is, you didn't finish it. Yeah. And and, and at the and you're at senior night, and you're talking about well, you know, the seniors were distracted. Well, you you played a D2 school that night.
1: It'd be be one thing if, you know, you already had the season locked up and you decided to rest your starters. You know, that's one thing. Right. Fred Bartley played 37 minutes that night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and everybody's everybody's still talking about the 27-7 season, and that's fine. Like, it's something to still talk about.
0: It's a but, season to be proud of, but, but I don't think that's the, ceiling. That but here, but the here's, ceiling.
1: But here's the thing. Those those 27 wins went down the drain when you didn't back it up in the tournament.
0: Look, I'm not going to take – I'm just going to say
2: this. Well, I we hung the banner, so I'm happy with I'm that.
0: not going to take anything away from the 27 wins. Look, you won the regular season championship. You made it to the NIT. I've said it before. My expectations, top four, make the, make the postseason, whether it's the NIT or the NCAA, and I'm fine. Uh, and they did that that year. No institutions going to run a coach want... out
2: of town for winning a no, league championship. I, my
0: though. thing is, all I'm asking for is more consistency with finishing in the top four with postseason appearances. The reason why and 2017 is thing, talked you
2: know, about is because that's all that we can talk about.
0: Well, 14, too. 14 was Well, yeah, year. sure. Yeah. Made a run,
1: and that's fine. And, you know, if, if you drop a conference title game in overtime by five, and you you get an NIT spot... And you get beat by a better team. And you get beat by a better team... Again, no coach is getting run out of town. Right. But if you're if you're getting 27-7 and seven and losing in the first meaningful game of the conference tournament and then losing to a worse P5 team in the first round of the NIT, I respect the hell out of Bob Marlin, but let's be honest, I'm surprised he wasn't run out of town.
2: Well, it was the most successful season he's ever had.
0: Look, I'm... Um- I like the coaching staff. Um, I do believe they can get it done. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite at the point where you all are yet. I'm kind of at a wait and see game this year. But because again, the accountability's there. You pay. Look, highest paid coach in the conference. You've put the money's. Look, Dr. Maggard put his money where his mouth is. The money's there. Now you got to give me a return on investment. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, if I'm look, here's the thing. You're paying a coach that kind of money. The coach has to perform. Yes, I mean that, that's any job. That's not even. That's so not even coaching. Board. That's any job. That's any career. You pay it's a good bit of money. You gotta you gotta reciprocate with results. So that's my thing. Look, paying Coach Marlin, highest paid salary in the league. Got to reciprocate. Period. I'm not.
1: You know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for all that stuff that y'all are just saying yet. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see this. Don't year. don't don't get me we're wrong. I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to take this away. I'm very optimistic about this roster. I'm very optimistic about this schedule. I'm optimistic about what this coaching staff can do. With the program that they have in front of them, yeah. But I'm not gonna be surprised if come March we lay an egg. Well, that goes back to what I was just saying. It
2: there's something to be said about what your overall fan base feels about the team. When you lay an egg, there should be outrage. The when you have a major problem is when nobody cares when you lay an egg because it's expected. That's a major problem.
0: Yeah, and I think I do think. Look, I've, there's some fans out there who are ecstatic, Really excited. There are some fans I've run into who're just apathetic, like, yeah, here we go, you know, whatever. Um, but look, it's up to the coaching staff and the players to change that mindset. They can go look, and, and I and I'm like, this ain't just for basketball. Two years ago for football, remember football? How yeah. apathetic everybody was. I mean, shoot, the game against Georgia Southern, uh, HUD's last home game as the head coach, you might have had five thousand people in the stadium. We're still
2: recovering. There was
0: nobody in the student section. I took that picture. There was two people in the student section. I mean, that's apathy. I hope I don't think basketball is at that point yet, but I do. I do hear some rumblings amongst fans that I talk to around town. They're kind of like, "Look, we got to start. We got to start producing."
2: Well, I'll take it a step further. The majority of folks that I talk to, and we run in different circles. Yeah. Majority of people I talk to, apathetic is. I mean, you can't use a better word. It's just like, "Yeah, it starts next week." Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. That's 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 bad. Mm -hmm. You got no excitement. You got no buzz. And it's disappointing. I grew up a UL basketball fan above all else. Sure. You know, that's my very earliest memories of, of doing anything, you know, UL-related from an athletic standpoint. So I don't, want to, I don't want to see the program fail. Of course not. It should be the number two revenue-generating sport. And it isn't. And that's a problem, especially if we're trying to get into the AAC or really any other conference if, if, if the realignment falls our way. Basketball has got to be a successful program at the school. I think people need to understand that. Sure. So you know, not to be, you know, I don't want to be too negative. I'm, I'm just being honest. I was asked my opinion. I like to think that, I like to think that I speak for the majority of people that don't have to do a radio show. They come in here and they, you know, when you get turn the radio on, you know, you got to be a little bit more careful. If you ask a fan his opinion on the side, he'll say, "Look, yeah." And, and I'm, I'm at the point like like my opinion is is wait and
0: see. Um, yes, I'm a little I have been a little impatient about it, but you know I'm, I'm at the point where it's a brand new team. You know, again the puzzle pieces are in place. Again, I, and I keep repeating it. The salary's there, the money's there. Now it's time to produce. And if you don't produce, well then you might have to go somewhere else. I mean, look, it's any job. It's not again, it's any job. You know, I mean we all have our own careers, and if we don't produce, we got to go somewhere else. And Can't. I try And I do. I I, I really believe. And I, I'm serious. I do have faith in this coaching staff to turn this around with these young guys. Now granted, it was a little bit of an eyebrow raiser that they had turnover last year after all these recruits that they brought in a few years ago that they had to run some of these guys off. And I don't say they run them off, but some players left. I mean that is concerning. So it's almost like they're starting from scratch. Well you ran but, some off too. Yeah, but now we're gonna see now we're gonna see with this new this new this new team coming in. Look, they're talented. It's a matter of how fast can they get things going and will they get things going? That's the question, because if not, you're putting a lot of money into a program where you have to, you gotta, you gotta reciprocate. You gotta well, I'll, reciprocate. I'll
2: make a statement, and you can, you guys can react. In my opinion, from a fan standpoint, from an investor standpoint, a supporter standpoint, 2019 is a crucial year for Bob Marlin, in my opinion. Now, there's already scuttlebutt, bambied about. We're young, we're injured, etc. What are we? Are we going to overlook those things and say you, you have know what? to? Well, from an investor standpoint, look, I know the market's going to go up and down from time to time. I understand that. But at what point do you say, okay, I want my money back? What's, what's- I'm not hitting my marks. I'm not getting my 4% like you promised. I need my money back. <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. That's where I'm at with Bob Marlin. I, don't think, I think the guy's a spectacular guy. I think he brings in excellent people. I think that the program is overall healthy compared to where we were you know, before. All that stuff should be understood I don't ever remember signing a, a, a job offer sheet where they had to tell me to be on time for work. I don't get a bonus for showing up on time. You're supposed to graduate your players and educate your players and get good people into our university. These are things that should not be a, a talking point. We should congratulate him when he does it. Yes, yeah, sure. But it's not a selling point for me. I'm an investor. I'm helping the basketball program elevate from a financial standpoint. I'm showing up. It's time for them to show up.
1: I mean there there's there's no doubt about that and the and the thing is is you know you, you talk about should at w- at what point can those excuses no longer matter look at Billy Napier injuries have have, have hurt the football program since he's gotten here I mean let we, you lose a guy like Ken Marks for the year you lose a guy like Johnny Lumpkin for the year Tanner Wiggins two titles yeah there's there's obviously Chase, Chase Rogers Got hurt and then transferred. Like, there's there's been no shortage of, of injuries, but what is what does Billy Napier always say? Grit your teeth, set your jaw, next man up. Yep, I agree. That's true. You have to be able to step up when you need to. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I, I don't want to, you know, bash on the coaching staff, but the coaching staff hasn't prepared these players to be able to step up. Well, when you play a soft schedule, that kind of happens. Just my opinion. And now, last year, you look at the beginning of the year, they hung with Tennessee for a while. Tennessee went on to be a Sweet 16 team. Mm-hmm. Well, they hung you, with
2: Kansas uh, you, you, in 2017. You nearly, yeah. Well,
1: no, that was, that well, was last year. I, I, well, that was yeah. last year. You, you nearly give Kansas a heart attack a week later, and then... Look at the rest of the schedule. What happened? Well, then you lost to 20 by Tech, which that
0: that's, look, as a fan, I'll say that straight. You lose no, to 30 no by No excuse. App. No excuse for that. Um, You dropped, you dropped. Well, there was an excuse, actually, if you remember. Yeah, Gank got hurt, which, look, they had, look, Tech had two starters that were out that game, so I don't want to hear that. We also anyway, won
2: four out of six, so it's okay. No,
0: it's not okay. It's never okay to lose to Tech. It's not okay to lose to Tech in beer pong, okay? I don't care if it's Batman or beer pong. I don't want to, no, never okay to lose to Tech, okay? But, yeah, I mean, just, and that's, I think, again, but that's, that's where I think a lot of people uh, who are apathetic towards that or have that kind of eh, passiveness about it, that's where it comes in because you go to a game, you spend money, you go watch your team lose by 20 points to Tech. And, again, I keep comparing this to other sports. Same thing happened with, with, with Hudspeth in, in 14, the, the, te- the game against Tech.
1: This, oh, was, this was the on. game that was supposed
0: to push the program forward. What happens? You lay a big egg.
1: The first, you know. the first play of the game, their running back takes at ninety nine I mean, and a half so, yards so, for a touchdown.
0: No, I mean, I, I um, again, I'm at the, I'm look, I know y'all are y'all are ready to go off the rails. I, I'm at a wait and see game this year. I really am.
2: I'm at a wait and see. I'm at a wait and see. Yeah, game. I mean, I'm I, I totally ready. To, like
1: I, like I said earlier, I'm optimistic about what this team can do, but it's just gonna be a matter of will they do
0: it? Yeah, and I, that's that. But that's a legitimate concern, right? That's a legitimate concern.
2: We're going off of data that they provided. I, I, I
1: see. I see the talent in the roster. I see the potential in the schedule. It's just a matter of are they going to get it done?
0: Look, you're getting paid. Good, you're getting paid good money. You know, you 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 have the resources to win. We need the results. It's the business. It's the business we've chosen in the coaching industry. And and you, when you try to build a program, they have everything they need to succeed now. Go do it. Don't sit here and like don't sit here and talk about why you can't do it because if, if look to me if, if you ever have to sit there and justify why you can't do something especially when you're getting compensated for it maybe this isn't the job for you now i don't think they'll this coaching staff will do that i don't but we've had coaching staffs in the past that have well we don't have these resources we don't have those resources you know so now it is what it is now this coaching staff has the resources to produce they got a good schedule at home They've got an administration that's back, that's behind them 100%. You know, um, I got a stat today that the the fans have won the attendance contest. There. Five years in a row. Five years in a row, best average attendance. Look, you got the fan base behind you. Now go produce. We have
2: the number one propaganda machine in all of college basketball. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Again, this is a disclaimer. Okay, so from Man let's. About yeah. Man, Man about town and raid an army do not yes. express the same views. I have
2: already reached out to uh, the producer of said material, and he laughed about it. So I'm all right.
1: Again, now, this is Man About Town's Quickly, opinion. Jerry A. has nothing to do with this. Just quickly, you know. before before we wrap up, women's basketball. Does is Gary Broadhead in a similar situation as Bob Marlowe? Gotta win. Look, you paid a certain amount of money. You gotta win.
0: And I love, I love, look, I love Coach Broadhead. Great guy, and he knows, he knows, he knows he's gotta win. I mean, it, it's again, it's it's this isn't this isn't just for basketball. Again, I'll say it for the fiftieth time. This is the standard across the board. Brian Maggard has expectations and a structure for each coach and each sport with education Athletics. You have a you have a checklist that you have to reach, whether it's success. Whether it's championships, and if you don't reach that pinnacle of success or championships, you, you leave. You go somewhere else. That That's the way it is, and, you know, it's nice to have those expectations. I, I've brought it up to you a few times, Josh. Why not think big with our university instead of saying, well, we can't do this. We can't, 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 can't. How about we say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to win a national championship. We're going to compete for a national title.
2: Let's lead the field in something. How about that? Yeah,
0: we're going to compete in a national title. I mean, it's okay to think – because here's the thing. Even if you don't reach that national title, trying to trying to reach for it, look, it's, it's better to land – when you're trying to go out to the moon, is it better to land in the clouds than stay on the ground? That's the thing. It's like Boise State, right? Boise State hasn't won a national championship in football, but look at the success they've received since trying to get there. The body they, of work
1: in the last 20 years. They, they pulled off a phenomenal Butler, game against Oklahoma. Butler change, years of program, ago. change of program.
0: Butler University competes for national championships in basketball. Back-to-back. Back. Now, they haven't won yet. But you know what they have done? They made some Final Four appearances. Their
1: program they, is they nearly. Final they Four nearly appearance. beat Duke in the national title game.
0: The but pro- the point is, they they while trying to reach that ultimate goal, look at what they've accomplished.
2: They've in transformed the- their right. programs.
0: Top 25, Final right. Fours.
2: I'll say the I mean, same look, thing I'm all about, that. about Gary Broadhead as I'll say about Bob Marlin, as I'll say about Matt Deggs, as I'll say about Billy Napier, Lance Key, et cetera, et cetera. Win or get out. This institution is gonna be here a lot longer than Billy Napier, Bob Marlin. This this fan right here is gonna be here a whole lot longer than those coaches, us three at the table, you know. This is about more than a coach. It's about a program, an institution, a community. You guys know I talk about it all the time. Do your job, do it well, or find somewhere else to work. It's nothing personal. I I don't have anything against any of these people. I don't have any feeling one way or another. I love my family and I love my my people. I don't have a particular love for any of these coaches. These people are here to serve a purpose. I root for them and, and they're part of the program for me. And so will the next coach and the next replacement, et cetera. Win or move on. Yeah. I, yep. Absolutely. And very, I think Brian kind of set that out when he said, Sure. Top three. Any final thoughts?
0: Uh, man, this was a long episode. Very it was. passionate episode. Again, my, my opinions do not reflect those of. Man about town and Mad Miguezes. Uh, <laughs> I want to make that disclaimer. No, look, it is what it is. We know what our expectations are. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to say this for the for, for any any of the staffs. They all want the same goal. And that includes the basketball staff. That includes the football staff, the softball staff, baseball, track and field, whatever. They all have the same goals. Just go and produce. Don't, don't come back in an interview and say, well, we can't do this because of that. Because like I said... That's been, that has been the Achilles heel of this program for decades. We can't do, we can't do point A because of point B. I don't want to hear that anymore. Go produce. Go win games. Go win championships.
2: The good That's news it. is we got the best guy that we can possibly have in our corner at the top. Brian Maggard is going to hold these people to a standard, and that makes me sleep well at night.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, first things first, homecoming for football is this Saturday. Obviously, the homecoming parade Saturday morning, 930
0: uh, 10, 10 o'clock I believe. 10,
1: 10 o'clock you want to get rolling? Uh, Chris Arduin under the oak tree. Hey, it's gonna be awesome. Look Chris Arduin and started. the Zydeco Two Step. Good time. That'll that'll be fun. And uh, you know, obviously the the hoopla at halftime with the with the homecoming court. That's always a good time. Yeah. Uh, um, Texas State four o'clock kickoff ESPN Plus. If you can't make it, obviously if you can be there. Um, and listen, bring your radios. Listen on fourteen twenty with Jay Walker, Chris Lano, and Cody Juno. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Raging Cajun Army. We will talk to you guys next week.